Well, this session is entitled Adding to the Church. My name is Brent Heishman. I serve as a lead pastor in Marion, Ohio. Um, just recently took that position just a few months ago. Um, have in the past um, pastored on the other side of the state in Newcomerstown for 18 years, raised my, my family there. I've served alongside um, our executive presbyter there, David Welly, as a president of the Southeast area for a long time. And um, right now also I'm serving that. I'm not doing that anymore, though, which which um, has its pluses and minuses. My schedule's a little bit freer, so that's a plus. I miss the camaraderie and miss um, the opportunities to be a part of the greatest state in the nation. And I'm excited about what God's doing, um, but also am... I'm serving as the um, lead of the mentoring task force underneath um, the leadership development um, department of the church. And so excited to be a part of the Lord's work and doing a lot of great things for the kingdom. Um, This afternoon, I'm going to try to, first of all, keep you awake after you've eaten. Um, But I I want to um, begin by just giving you a little bit of background. Uh, the, the title of the session um, may be um, a bit misleading, so I want to give you an opportunity before you get too settled in. If it's a disappointment, you can get up and go somewhere else. Um, you, won't, you won't offend me. I'm, I'm half kidding. But evangelism and discipleship sometimes do this. You know what I mean? Um, and so... You know, there's a conversation when Jesus said the Great Commission, he said, go and make disciples. Um, you know, we, we, we tend to separate out evangelism and discipleship for, uh, for I think, for, for some good reasons. But I think we separate them sometimes for not so good reasons. And, and ultimately, um, as, we're, as we're going and making disciples, the end, the finish line is to help people become like Jesus. That's what we're hoping to see, so um, it's just that it's that entire journey. So, what you're going to see and hear today, and we're going to talk about, is what that journey looks like um, as far as um, helping people become um, more like Jesus. We're going to talk about pathways uh, of discipleship. We're going to talk about um, relationships of discipleship, and then even give you um, a little bit of an introduction maybe more than you want, um, about some discipleship milestones and some specific things about what, if you're going to make disciples, if you're going to bring someone who's not serving Christ into a relationship with Christ, what, what are some of those first steps and what are some of those advanced steps? Uh, what, does, what does that look like? Um, I'm hoping to flesh a little bit of that out, not to say, hey, this is the best way to do it, but maybe give you um, some foundation and the creativity so that uh, you can listen to the Holy Spirit too and um, watch what God does through you. Because there's great ideas in this room. Do you know that? You know how I know that? Because, because God is in you. His Holy Spirit is on you. And He's speaking to you. And He is the most creative person I've ever met. And I become very creative when... Um, when I listen to his voice. And so I have great confidence in the church that you plugged in to Christ can come up with some compelling ways to bring people to Christ 
and help them become like Jesus in their character and then even in their activity that they would have the character of Christ and do the things that Jesus is doing. And in your context, your context is going to look different from somebody else's. Um, but that's why we're blessed to have the Holy Spirit because He knows your context better than you do. And um, He gives insider information. Isn't that good? He always gives us a, a, some cheat sheets, so to speak. Um, and all we have to do is be aware of that and ask Him and expect Him to help us. So we're going to ask Him to help us. God, thank You that You know every single person in this room. You know their context. You know their gifts, God. You know their story. You know their family. You know the relationships that surround them. You know know what yesterday looked like, what today looks like, what tomorrow is going to look like. I ask, Lord, that you would overwhelm our senses this afternoon. Help us to hear your voice, help us to sense your direction. You said that the steps of the righteous are ordered of God, and we're talking about pathways of discipleship, methods, strategies to help people become like you. Lord, I just ask that um, you would order our steps. We're we're inviting you. you. You promised that to us, and we're just saying we need the help. Take us by the hand today and lead us, lead us in righteous steps, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so I, I first want to share with you a, a bit of a, of a discipleship model. And so a, a construct, a model, a, a how-to, and it looks like that railroad that's in front of you, and some of you may have seen uh, this in, in other contexts, but... Um, when we're helping someone to become more like Christ, I, I think it's important to s- make it as simple as possible. So this is pretty simple. Um, the, the bed, the gravel, the rocks that make um, the bed of the, of the railroad tracks really is the, what we're going to call the spiritual formation stage. Um, as we're bringing people to Christ there is that attention that has to be given um, to their spiritual formation. Are they, are they growing in Christ? Um, the Somebody help me. The tie, yeah, the rails. The ties are the other way. I didn't want to say ties, ties, ties. The rails um, are, are the knowledge. Okay? And we... we um, um, this side is a knowledge rail, and then we have another rail of, of practical experience. So it's, it's critical that you understand people need to know something, and they need to have some practical application of that knowledge. Too many times, we'll build the knowledge rail really high, and the practical experience... Um, maybe isn't even existing, isn't in place, or it's, or it's a lot lower, and so people's lives go down the track this way. Um, you want to be careful, because the more knowledge people have, the more accountable they are. And so we want to always balance knowledge and, and what do I do with this knowledge. 
one of the conversations I have with with the Lord and then with disciples is this is what we need to know. Why do we need to know it? God, you're telling me this. Why do I need to hear this? What's 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 the balance there? So understanding that you, and, and sometimes you only need a little bit of information and a little bit of application and the cross ties then um, some accountability from you as the disciple maker or the mentor um, to just make sure that proper information is being given, they're understanding it, the ex- practical experience is, is being managed, they're getting it, um, how's that going? Pray together, ask the Lord to help us because this is a spiritual thing and you have a very simple model of what it looks like to um, walk with somebody through uh, discipleship growth. This, this could be about teaching someone to sharpen pencils. Okay? You might say, well, sharpening pencils aren't spiritual. But everything we do is spiritual. So um, I, we want to pray. We want to ask the Holy Spirit to make us the best pencil sharpener that he's ever seen. Okay? Um, we, we want to just give some information about where the pencil sharpener is, the parts, and how it works. We don't need to go through um, the history of the different types of wood that have been used in pencils and the different types of experiments that have been throughout the last thousand years sharpening pencils. We just need to point them to the pencil. There's the pencil sharpener. This is how it works. You try it. They put the pencil in. They spin it. They do it. You're good to go. I think you could probably teach somebody else to do the same. So if I if I if I make it that simple, I, I don't I don't want to undervalue what we're doing. But at the same time, it's got to be that simple. It has to be that simple that whatever we're going to help somebody do, um, we've got to balance. What do they need to know? What's the experience they need? We're going to pray about this. We're going to make sure that we're growing in the Lord together, and then um, have some interaction, some reflection. Uh, what what, what does this look like? A lot of people just don't get the opportunity to have that kind of input, that last piece of reflection with mentors. Um, go sharpen the pencils, and five years later you come back and say, how'd that go? And there's this horror story about three kids that died um, in the pencil sharpening experience. And you have, wow, I didn't know that. We probably could have avoided that if we just had a conversation. So... Um, so anyways, we'll, we'll look at that. We'll put that aside for a second and possibly go back to it. Um, another structure piece is, um, is, is more of a relational structure. If, um, and the young lady in the back, what, what's your name, sweetheart? You asked a question, and this might help a little bit more. Okay, um, She asked a question in our mentoring um, culture class. But to me, okay, and that's just me, this sheet of paper in front of you is worth eleven. I don't know, maybe ten thousand dollars, because this is one of the things that God gave me in my in my master's um, degree, and and I, I I set this before you, knowing that this is my life. This is there's a lot of a lot has gone into this, and and I recognize that you're probably going to take it home and throw it away, and some of you may not look at it, but I promise I won't be offended. Much, um, but this to me, this is 
This is the basic structure of, of relationships that, that can really help us help people become more like Christ. Um, if relationships in the church have accountability and a commitment to growing, I, I think those relationships are usually going to be healthy. Um, we're, we're, and so as you look at this diagram, and you certainly can read all of this, the, the relationship structure for, to help people become more like Christ, um, I always believe it needs to be going somewhere. There needs to be an objective, a growth objective involved. So oftentimes what I will do, um, as we just came to Centerpoint Church in Marion, um, and I'm talking with young leaders, um, I'm sitting down with them, and sometimes I put my $10,000 piece of paper on the table. Sometimes I don't let them know that it's, that it's even in my mind as I'm talking about it. But what I'm asking them, I'm saying, you know what, you, I, know, I know God has a call in your life. I know that um, God's doing something in you. I want to help you. I want to help you find, um, find your place, to put your hands on the bride of Christ, and do the work uh, that God's calling you to do. And uh, if I can help you in any way, I want to I be available to do that. So I want to invest in you. I'm willing to give you my time. And so I will, I will sit down with them and, and ask them a question. First of all, before we talk about what we're going to do in the church, what I want to hear is, what, what do you think your next step is? What, what's God asking of you? The next three months, where, where, are you, where are you and God going? Um, sometimes I have to walk them through that process a little bit. Oftentimes they've already got a couple of things that are going on. It can be really, you know, what we would consider spiritual. You know, I just, I want to hear God more clearly than I, I am right now. Um, I want to know God's direction for my life. Am I supposed to be, or am I supposed to? It could be as simple as, I need to learn how to play the guitar. Could be that practical. Depending on what God's telling them and the direction they go, I can always be what I would consider a, a, a spiritual dad to them as the pastor, as a, as a leader, as a, as a mentor. You, you're, going, you're going to provide some things for people um, that, that they need, but sometimes they God's taking them places that you can't help them get to. And so um, if, they're, if they're wanting to learn to play uh, the piano, I can't play the piano. I'm going to have to find them a better mentor than me because if I mentor them, it's, they're not going to get there. Okay? So I'm looking for who, who, can, we, who can we connect you to? Um, is it me? Can, am I the one that can help? Is there somebody else that can help? Okay? Um, and so those, those mentors oftentimes, I think, can, um, can have the characteristics of, of a spiritual mom and dad, or they can have the characteristics, which I would say are generalists, they can just help in life, or they can be specialists. And so when, you, when you're helping people to understand that, the more people that you have that you can rip stuff off of 
and, the, and it's okay that you can do that, the faster you're going to grow. It's cheaper than going, paying um, $10,000, $11,000 to go to school somewhere. You can oftentimes, over a cup of coffee and a, and a humble ask, get a lot of information. And so we want, we want to help people get unstuck and unsprung so they can grow at the rate of the Spirit. And I just believe that um, if God wants them to grow, there, there are gifts in, in the terms of people around them. We may not know who they are yet, but there are gifts around them that are coming to them that we need to surround them so that they can, they can help them get to the next step. So those, those are those mentor areas. And so I'll ask, who, who are mentors to you? Do you have any? That tells me, first of all, where they're at in this journey, in their, their growth journey. Also can tell me sometimes if one of the things they need to work on, and this is where you put your mentoring hat on, is they really stink at relationships. <laughs> you know, um, when, when you find out that I don't have any mentors, I have no idea who my peers would be, and I don't know anybody I could help, then, then you know, you don't say that to them, right? You don't say, well, you must really stink at relationships. Um, but you put that in the back of your head that that might be one of the things that after they're sharing what God has for, for them is let, let's help. And this is a natural way to help people get plugged in to caring, um, good relationships. Peers are people who are going along, kind of doing the same thing. If it's the piano thing, are there other piano students that you can um, talk with, share your goal? This is what I want to do. Um, and um, that they'll hold you accountable. Sometimes it's easier to have a peer hold you accountable than mom and dad. I, I like it when my son holds my daughter accountable so I don't have to. Right. So there, there's times that it, that helps that relationship and building that type of open, honest, accountable relationship. What are we going to do? We're going to grow here. Okay. If if LeBron James can call out his comrades at arms, you know who LeBron James is, don't you, basketball player? If if basketball players can. Um, mentor one another and say that was the worst shot I've ever seen anybody take in my life. Don't ever do that again. Um, if they can have that conversation, why? Because they want to win the, the, the championship. Why can't we have relationships that we have brothers and sisters that will spur us on um, in accountability to good works and hold us accountable? So um, talk about the structure of having accountable peers. And then up and comings. My, I think the goal is is that every person who's mentored gives back, and so um, we 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 don't want you just to receive mentoring, but we want you to invest. If I'm going to invest in you, I want you to invest in someone else. We're going to pay it forward, and so oftentimes this is one of the most difficult places for people to fill in. Is what do I have? to say that's worthwhile. I'm coming to you because I'm stuck. Well, just tell people how stuck you are. <laughs> at the beginning, you can at least tell them what not to do. You can share the, 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 the first steps with them. But just taking the, the pressure off, because in some sense, um, the, the language of mentoring and a discipleship and all that kind of thing can be 
can put us into a place that we don't feel qualified to do it. But in, in this sense, I'm just saying everybody can learn. Everybody can help somebody else learn. And we want to make sure that um, seven and eight-year-olds, it's simple enough that seven and eight-year-olds can do this. So, so in that structure, then there's, you, you can read some of the, the um, information at the bottom. But again, yes? I encourage the that as quickly as possible they start investing in someone else. Um, again, I'm what I'm trying to do is I'd rather than um, at least say, "Hey, this is where I'm at. Don't do what I did," um, so that we get them moving down the road of of mentoring. So I'm not looking next necessarily for expertise there. Certainly, it will come, but. Um, you know, how what today you learn something. I'm going to take what I learned and and how can I how can I listen to the Holy Spirit and invest in somebody else with what I learned today? So. So in those up and comers, is the relationship between a I guess in that case then a mentor or at least a, a, a an aspiring mentor and an up and comer is that a formal So, first of all, I think it's both. Um, a, a formal example would be with, with my leadership team. Um, I want to invest in you. We're, we're, I would sit down with them and ask them specifically, what's your, what, what are you hearing the Holy Spirit say to you in area of growth the next three months? Okay, all right, let's, let's identify some skills that need to be added for that, some obstacles that need to be removed. Um, it may be that we're done with this process quicker than three months, but to give a time frame, a beginning frame and an ending frame, um, and then, hey, we're going to meet weekly. We're going to meet once a month and, and talk about pro progress. So my job as a mentor would be, where are you at? What are you learning? How's it going? And who, tell me who you've talked this out with. Who, who's holding you accountable? And are you at a place where you can begin to share anything that God's doing in your life with somebody else. And so um, it, it, it can be very formal, and I think it can also be done without anybody even knowing it's happening. I think the formality has to happen in your head so that you have a pathway and a structure going on. So I don't think that, that's helpful. But some people run from these. They're like, I, I don't want anything to do with your papers. So, yeah, yeah. So in the upcoming, do you consider being a new Christian in your church? Or would that be someone that you know in the past? Do you want to, you want to, and then you come, if you're a mentor, the period runs alongside you. So you 
Yeah, to to me, if we if we know where we're headed, so if we're headed to play the piano, then um, I'm thinking very simply, it it could be that it's piano students or your peers, um, it's your teacher, is your mentor, and then maybe it's a brother or a sister or someone else that you're trying to inspire um, to do that. So um, it it can it can certainly be. An up and up and coming when you're when you're the person in the middle tends to be I'm asking you to try to activate and get somebody involved. Um, not every one of these up and comings are willing. So uh, so I appreciate that question because it it does tend to be cyclical and 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 more natural. John. Exactly. This to me is, for lack of better words, it's just like a great big molecule. And depending on that relationship, that they're ongoing. Some of them are formal, some of them are very informal. But I'm, I'm all of those things simultaneously, depending on my relationship with that other no, it, it makes perfect sense because when I said it's the it's the foundation, it's the it's kind of the atom of the church. If I I know John and I know David and, and myself, and so if you if we can map out our um, mentors, peers, and up and comings, you would see lots of molecules around, and we're connected together. And so the I think the goal of the, the one of the great things about um, discipleship this way is it does just present a natural uh, relational model in the church. We need each other. And, and we begin to recognize that, um, you know, so, sometimes um, I'm, a, I'm a mentor to, to John and, and sometimes we shift roles or we're peers. And when we were in Africa, I think we all felt like we were peers being stretched. And um, so, yeah, that, that, that's... In my head, what I see is in in around you are lots of people, and if you begin to understand that you have all these people connected to you, what resources? Because sometimes we get stuck; we don't realize uh, how, how am I going to get to the next level in my relationship with God? But then we've got all these people that are connected to us. Good. Right. Help it, helping people be like Jesus. So you've got, you've got kind of what, what happens when you have the structure in place, the, the discipleship, this is what we're going to do, this is what kind of the community looks like. And then let's, let's talk about, um, let's go to the, the two-page 
um, handout that says entry level discipleship milestones and skills. So what what would what would we work on? We can be as organic as um, would you would you like some handouts? Would somebody be so kind to give this young lady the? You're welcome. Um, sometimes we can be as organic as what do you want to work on? I, I usually find that in the beginning stages, I'm asking that question to build rapport and build relationship. What do you want to do? I'll help you do what you feel God's calling you to do. And then I usually say, now I want you to help me now. I want you to help me serve. I want you to help me grow the church. I want you to help me um, you know, be, a, be a part of, uh, of what God's doing in our lives right now. Um, or you can go through the New Testament and you can begin to write down everything Jesus did and everything the disciples did and ask yourself a question, should we be doing these things? And very quickly, as you get through the Gospels, you have a very long list of, of opportunities for expression of godly character and an actual just things that people the disciples that Jesus did. So you, you can run that list out. And, and if we really believe that we're supposed to be like Jesus and then do the things Jesus did, and then as, as we hear Jesus say, do even greater things than these, um, as I look at the New Testament, we all have a lot of catching up to do just to get up to where it's already been um, shown to us as being uh, possible. Have you have you blessed a boy's lunch yet, and fed thousands of people? And I have to ask. I'm, I, I said that on purpose because I, I I think there has to come a conversation sometime that I ask the Lord. Um, do you want to do that? I mean, it's recorded in Scripture. Would it even enter my mind? Because it didn't enter the disciples' mind and Jesus put it in their mind, right? Because they were going to Chick-fil-A and they didn't have enough money. Um, what, what, would I just go to Chick-fil-A? Would I take the opportunity to listen? So it, beginning to just put myself in a situation where I, I, I look at what Jesus did, what what the disciples did and ask the question, are these, do I believe that these are things that God wants to do in my life? So this, here comes some of the very basic practical steps. If I'm looking to take people through um, discipleship, I'm, I'm wanting to know where they're at and I'm wanting to know um, how to get them through those first entry levels. And so uh, I, I broke this up in several ways. So, so one thing, because I believe that um, relationships are built, growth relationships are built, I'm going I'm to find out, are they in a relationship where they're, they're growing? Okay? Um, that would be a great foundation, wouldn't it? For everything else. All right? Um, so I'm asking, are you in a network? Which is what I call this. For, for language sake, um, are you setting? Have you set a three-month goal, and did you reach it? 
Just think about that for a minute. That's a, that's a powerful tool in a beginning disciple's head. If you can lay a foundation in a person's life that they're going to set spiritual goals and watch the Holy Spirit help them reach it, that's incredible. Wouldn't you like to have a church full of people like that? But, I mean, that's on autopilot. They learn that. that that's just what they're doing. You're, you're getting in a meeting and, and talking about where we're going next. And they're, they've already talked about, hey, this is what we believe God wants to do. This is what we think has to happen in our lives. Um, you know, follow a leader. Submit to serve a leader or a mentor for a month. Lead yourself. Commit to lead yourself to daily devotions and ask a peer to hold you accountable. So I, I, I tried to come up with some of the embryonic stages of what it would look like for someone to become a, a leader like Jesus. This would, this would be the beginning, to, to follow a leader. Um, what about vision? How many of you believe that Jesus is about vision? Jesus has great vision, right? Okay, so what's the embryonic, what's the entry-level discipleship? How do we help people begin to, to be a visionaire like Jesus is? Well, um, looking at God's mission through the Great Commandment and the Great Commission um, and asking the question, what's that look like for you? What's it look like for you in the next three months to love God with more of your head and more of your heart and more of your body? And more of your soul. What's it look like? What's it look like uh, for you to love your neighbor, to grow in your relationships, to grow in your emotional competencies? Talk about that in a minute. Emotional competencies are, are, are levels that, that we're finding out that um, IQ doesn't have as much influence on somebody's pay grade as emotional intelligence does. Because all of you know isn't so much what you know, it's who you know, right? It's combining. It's not a bad thing to know a lot, but if you don't know how to interact with people, all that knowledge kind of puts you in a box. And so, so we, want, we want to help them become emotionally, socially, relationally healthy like who? Jesus. I keep saying that. because It's not like me. It's not like someone else. It's not like some other level. What's the goal? The goal is, is I want them to do relationships like Jesus does them. Okay? So what's that going to look like? What's it going to look like to be a disciple or for you to be someone who disciples someone? What's it going to look like for, you know, just give them an opportunity to begin to, to dream. Um, I, I believe that Dreaming and, and, and vision righteously always has to start where Corinthians admonishes us that as we look into His glory, we are changed from glory to glory to glory. So if you, if you see that in your head for a minute, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to help them to learn how to dream and vision envision what the future might hold. I don't want them just to reach out anywhere. I want them to look into the Word. I want them to look in the face of God. I want them to gaze into who Jesus is. And then as they're looking into the face of God, as they're looking into the glory of God, they're going to begin to see who they are supposed to be. Because they're supposed to be like. And from glory 
to glory, or with ever-increasing glory, the NIV says, we're transformed into his image. And so this, to me, this, this, is, this is a foundational step, is to help, hopefully, all of us be able to I, need to, I need to hear clearly from God, what do I do? I go to his word, I go to his presence, and I begin to imitate what he's doing. I want to be like him. I want to do what he's doing, right? Okay. So you'll see that broken down um, way too exhaustively for, for some people's liking. Um, I'm, I have a German background. I was going to be an engineer before God called me into the ministry. And, and I, like, I like to figure out things. So um, that's probably why there's way too much detail. But I want to know, are they saved? What's that look like? Can they participate in prayer? Um, on down the road, you'll, you'll see what those, what those look like. So let me take a breath here. What time are we done? Two? Okay. And um, let you process together as a group and with me. Is this making is this making sense to you? Does this work for you? Is it like what in the world are you talking about? Yeah, so um, I have a, a husband and wife who are very different from each other. One's very, very creative, um, tremendous worship leader, and he's a visionary, and, and she's a detail person. And um, so customizing this for the two of them, even just the two of them in the same room, has been very important because I have to let... Um, the worship leader kind of go his direction, okay? Um, and then she wants a whole lot of detail, and while she's asking for detail, he he's tuning out. Um, so I'm asking my my worship guy, um, what do you what do you see that God wants to do, and how much help can I be? I want to I want to help you, and so. He's, he's talking about doing community um, praise and worship and prayer gatherings. We actually have one already because he's a go-getter scheduled um, in, a, in a week from now for the, for the city of Marion. And he's one of, I think, three sets of worship leaders that will be doing that. Um, and so I'm helping him with facilities, with any part that he'll let me help him with because he's pretty independent and he's running at his own. And sometimes some of what he's doing, I'm going to slow him down if I try to reel him in and make him do it like I want him to do it. Would you please sit down with your wife and pay attention for a minute? You know, um, So uh, that, she's very different. 
she wants to know next steps. Um, she wants to be. She wants to help us with our our altar ministry teams. What does that look like? Um, so we're we're walking through those, and I'm finding personally with both of them, I'm being a spiritual dad to them with their marriage, with their kids. Um, we're kind of healing some hurts. So, um, so that is a scheduled thing once a week. It's, it's formal from my head because they're leaders who are growing that want to bless the church and I need to make sure that they're hearing from daddy what the vision of the church is because I'm brand new. Um, but it, it's, it sometimes is a little bit um, not structured depending on who the people are. And so all of that helps. The, the reason why I'm so vague with this is because I've tried to run them through 101, 102, 103, 104, and the ones who like that will run through those steps. The ones that don't will never come through my doors. And so I'm trying to figure out how do I... Does, does, that, does that help, David? Okay. Other questions? So let's look at the, the last sheet that begins with the gift list. I want to maybe do an exercise with you. What's your next step? You carved out a Saturday, spent some money to come to Synergy, sitting in hard chairs in a classroom that you probably haven't sat like that for a long time. What's your next step? My, my heart is that you leave this session with some clear direction and maybe a game plan um, that God's going to make you more like Jesus uh, tomorrow than you are today. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Um, I recognize that unless I'm intentional about that, I probably won't be more like him. So the intentionality of it is the critical spot. So where do I start with that? I think one thing is I'm looking at, at the spiritual gifts in Corinthians. Um, do I need to grow in my uh, understanding of the, the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, discerning of spirits? Do I need to grow in my understanding and my operation of all these, of prophecy, tongues, Interpretation of tongues, faith, the gift of healing, the gift of, of miracles. These are gifts that the Holy Spirit, that Jesus has given to the church. These are, these are gifts Jesus used on earth. And if I'm going to be more like Jesus, I need to be pretty familiar with these. And sometimes looking at these gifts and asking, not just saying, well, I've got that one and I got this one. And, and I, I understand even Paul talks a little bit about the diversity of gifts. But when I say this, I want to be like Jesus. I think Jesus did all these well. And focusing in on what he's leading me to do takes the cap and the lid off of 
compartmentalizing my life and saying, well, I'm just, but I'm not really. And I never hear Jesus say that. And I never hear Jesus say that about me. I always hear him say, come up a little bit higher, Brett. Let's stretch. You know, I'm, I, I can ride in a boat. I just don't walk on water. But, but, but God, I think God wants to stretch us. Um, what's it look like for the apostolic gift or the leadership gift in your life? You may not feel comfortable calling yourself apostolic or an apostle. That's, that's fine. That's not what I'm saying. I'm asking you, do you have visionary leadership? Is it important for you as a, as a believer to have vision and leadership? Is it important for you to manage resources wisely and righteously? Do you have, so to speak, the Midas touch, the Jesus touch, when it comes to resources? What's it look like uh, for me to grow in those giftings? Walk through each of those in Ephesians, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. Um, then I break, I break down trying to determine who uh, or what, what those specific things may be. Maybe I need to work on, on the Project 412. Maybe I need to work on accountability, goal setting. Have I reached a goal? Do I know how to remove obstacles? Do I know how to share successes? Do I follow well? Can I understand God's mission? Forming a life vision. So looking, looking through a sheet like this can begin to spark some things um, in your heart to say, hey, these, are, these might be next steps for me. Now a person who looks at this sheet and goes, this is so overwhelming, I'm a slug, I'm going to give up. Um, that, that's, a, that's probably something you have a conversation with God about, right? God, why do I... Why do I feel that way? Why, 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 is this, why is this overwhelming? And we go down to emotional competencies and um, number nine and number ten is how well do, do I tolerate stress? Um, number thirteen, do I, do I problem solve well? Does problem solving energize me? Or does problem solving cause me stress? All of us are different. When we ask that question, that could be a growth place for each of us. What's it what's look like to, um, to change and be shaped in the image of Christ a little bit more? So that's a, that's a worksheet that um, I'm going to ask. Is, as you look at that, does anybody say, you know what, that would be really cool if um, a couple weeks from now, if the Lord would increase my ability, my understanding in one of these areas. Does anybody want to share that maybe as you're looking over that list that something jumped out at you and say, hey, this is a, this is a, a growth place for me.
I just that it stuck out to me was <clears throat> tolerating stress, um, realizing that stress comes, we can't avoid it. So how do we how do we manage it? Release it to God, realizing that stress will uh, hijack what the Lord is trying to do in our lives, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And so being aware of the fact that stress comes, are to have have the tools in place so when stress comes, I know what to do with it. So it doesn't so it doesn't catch me off guard. Exactly, because we know anything that anything that's great that's going to move the kingdom of heaven forward, it hasn't moved yet because there's opposition to it. And so it's going to require some exertion and some stress. And darkness will push back the stuff inside of us that, that the reason why we're not there yet is in conflict at that moment. And every time we get ready to grow, there's always that, that stress point. There's always that... that and, and, and understanding, you know, I, I think that there are people who do it better than others. Finding, uh, oftentimes, um, I'm not saying that you do this, but for me, I'm going to use myself, is I'm more comfortable with people who are like me. And so if I'm really stressed out, I want to find John who's really stressed out and we can commiserate. But David, who's just sitting back there going, this is no big deal. We hate him. But what we really need to do is sit down with David and say, how are you processing that? You know, you're asleep in the boat. Don't you care that we drowned? And it's not that he doesn't care. It's that he's got a different perspective. So I would want to find somebody who handles stress better. Um, Talk that out. My biggest mentor, and the Lord's told me this many times, he wants to be my mentor first. Uh, Sometimes I'll just ask the question, King, what, what don't I know? What do you want to teach me? Right. And, and it's amazing what he'll, what he'll share with us. Through, through revelation and prayer and then through reading the word and, or through John Musgrave or David Welly, you know. <laughs> Good. Good. So what are you going to do about it? Well, I've learned, uh, you know, years ago, uh, just started, it started taking a physical toll. And so uh, it's just changes had to happen. So, you know, I, I do look back on this and go, yeah, stress still comes. That's why I've learned, you know, just, you know, there's, um, there, he is my mentor. His word is my uh, antacid, shall we say, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And then just, you know, other tools that I, you know, that he's given us for just stress relief, you know, quiet, even exercise. Thought processes, Good. the well-worn paths that are unhealthy have been derailed. They're better paths now to cope. So you can, you can hear her intentionally dealing with that issue, putting it before the Lord, certainly sharing with some other people. And um, you can benefit from her now because she's walked through that process. She may not say I've completely arrived, neither would I say that. But there's, there's the process there that we can, we can help one another. 